Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first time filmmaker's journey, which is not what this is. It is an inside look at a documentary filmmaker's journey. See, we changed the title recently and I keep forgetting. So anyway, and Jason and Josh are not here today because I am in Mississippi with Tomah and Flavi, and we are traveling through the US and Jason and Josh are kind of off today. So we figured that we would do this, just the three of us and talk about kind of what's been going on in the last week. So I'm gonna start with a quick update. Um, as you can see and hear, Thomas Boisson uh, and Flavi Poisson are here with me today. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so Thomas and Flavi, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about when you got here and you know what's been happening since you got here? Yeah, so we arrived in the States on the 16th of January to stay uh, during six weeks. So we are on vacation and we arrived at Christian House. And then we traveled during two weeks uh, in Denver. Uh, so we crossed Iowa, Nebraska, and then we came back taking Route 66 through Amarillo, uh, Joplin, uh, Oklahoma City, and that's it. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> what was your uh, most interesting experience? Uh, probably Texas, because it was my first time in Texas. It was not the first time for Flavi in Texas, but it was my first time and it's totally different. There is the U.S., there is New York City, and there is Texas. <laughs> Texans will be absolutely happy to hear you say that because that is completely true. Um, yeah, I mean, every year, uh, Tomah and Flavi like to come in their off-season. They are tour guides in Normandy. In fact, they run a company called Normandy Discovery Tours. So if you're listening to this and you're interested in going to Normandy with a tour guide, I highly recommend Normandy Discovery Tours. Uh, you can find them at, what's your website, Tomah? So our website, you can find us directly on Google as Normandy with Y, I mean, all in English, Normandy Discovery Tours. Uh, we have also uh, social media, Instagram and Facebook, and uh, it will be a pleasure for us to receive your uh, reservation. Yeah, and our website is normandydiscoverytools.com. And what is, you know, tell me one of the special things that you do on your tours. So we have different tours. Uh, we have the tours uh, with a van, so we can visit different places, especially in the American sector, I mean, uh, in Utah Beach uh, and Omaha Beach. But our specialty is uh, the Jeep tour. So we have a World War II Jeep, and uh, so uh, we can do a different kind of tour around St. Marie's with the World War II Jeep. So we have different uh, Jeeps, and uh, we can uh, pick a uh like six person in total so a group of six person uh to do a tour during an hour two hours four hours or a full day tour if you are very interested <laughs> World War II. yeah so tell us how much it costs flavi to do a full day tour uh, it depends if you are in a van or in a jeep so it, you, if you're with a van and that would pick you up around 40 or or by you, it will be for four people, 460 euros. But it depends if we pick you up in 40, if you're eight people. So they are very personalized tools. So don't hesitate to write to us and we can send you a quote about this. Yeah. The, the medium tour uh, for two hours uh, and three people, because we can be only four person in the, in the Jeep. Uh, so the driver and guide and uh, so three other people. Uh, so it's 150 euros for the group. Uh, for two hours tour. So we pick up you directly in St. Marie's. We go to Utah Beach 
and we will discover different monuments about World War II, especially about D-Day and about the paratroopers of the 101st Hellborn Division. Yeah, and I have to say, uh, I did a little mini tour, super short, uh, back in December. And if you were a Patreon subscriber, you are going to be able to see a little taste of that. We have put together about a 10-minute video, thanks to Mindy Cook. Um, we have put together a little video when uh, my husband, Jeremy, and Thomas, we were on a Jeep tour, and we'll, it'll give you a taste of what that experience was like. So it's definitely a great value for the money. And so if you're interested, you should certainly reach out to them and they will customize a tour for you. So I didn't mean to be a commercial for Normandy Discovery <laughs> Tours, but I highly, highly recommend that. So let's talk about, let me give you a film update. Let's talk about what we've been doing at The Girl Who Wore Freedom. One of the most exciting things is after Toma and Flavi came, my renovation has continued. They've been living in a construction zone. So I thank you guys for your patience with that. Um, but the thing that was most exciting last week was that my voiceover booth was finished almost, but finished enough to be able to record things. And the very first thing that I recorded in that booth was uh, Toma wanted me to record something for a project that he's doing in Carrollton for the 78th uh, D-Day, which is coming up this June. So Toma, why don't you tell us a little bit about that project and what I was recording? Sure. Uh, so every uh, every June uh, commemoration, so I mean D-Day commemoration in Normandy, there is some jump uh, organized by different association and uh, I'm a member of one association so it's round canopy parachuting team um, and so for that association so we organize different uh, animation uh, during the jump before the jump and after the jump and uh, so this year I will have the pleasure uh, to be a speaker with uh, another person named uh, Gaëtan Duguay. So he's, uh, he's on the, the Instagram page D-Day Live and uh, so that's with uh, his um, his association did live. We organized the animation for the gem association. Uh, so on the uh, Friday, it will be on Friday third, uh, June third, June third. I'm sorry. Uh, yep. Um, so at um, during all the day, uh, all day long. So we'll have different animation during the jump and especially the story of Carrington. So it will be three episodes. So we will explain all the story uh, of Carrington liberation and also what happened on Purple Lot Lane. Uh, so the Purple Lot Lane is uh, a road at north of Carrington named like that by uh, American veterans during the combat. So Purple Lot is uh, in reference of the, the medal of the wounded and killed uh, in action soldiers. Um, so, and with Christian, we had the pleasure to, uh, to um, so we had to record that in French uh, and in English. So, and uh, during December, I think it was in December, I, I asked you if you were interested to, uh, to record that in English uh, for, for that animation. And you say, absolutely <laughs> anything you need now when you say animation what do you mean by that uh so it's um so there will there will be like uh, some um, a quiz for people animation with with the you know public you mean interaction Inter interaction absolutely i was like I, are we doing <laughs> it's animation for us in the u.s is like a cartoon okay no but, no no but i think what you're saying is there's going to be a live um experience where you and gaetan are going to be talking to people telling 
is it Gaton? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, um, if, where you're going to be talking about the Battle of Carenton, you're going to be asking quiz for people, you know, if they know about the D-Day. Yep. And you're just entertaining absolutely. all of the people on Purple Heart Lane. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you're going to be doing it in French primarily. Yeah. You can also do English sometimes, yeah, uh, but you're going to be doing the French version of the Battle of Carenton. Absolutely. And then I will do my like voiceover will do the English version. Absolutely. But I'll also be there in person, I think, yep. to talk to people. So <laughs> yeah, that's on Purple Heart Lane. So we recorded that and that only took us a few minutes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> only a few minutes only a few minutes maybe more like three hours, three hours. <laughs> yeah it was quite the experience Toma was a good director so we did get that done but he got an experience to feel like of what it was like to direct an actor and what was that like for you uh it was very interesting because that's not my job but but uh and also i was with a professional uh record voiceover so it was very easy to <laughs> directing. You did, yeah, you did a great job directing, actually. You come very, you come to it very naturally. So, uh, so yeah, we accomplished that. If you go to D-Day, you're on June 3rd, you're on Purple Hard Lane, you will hear Thomas and I talk about the Battle of Carenton. And the Girl War Freedom. <laughs> and the Girl War Freedom, absolutely. So, um, so then that was our first recording. However, in our second recording uh, in my booth, I'm proud to say, we recorded something for the girl who wore freedom. And that leads me into a little bit of an update because I don't think I've really explained. We're basically having to revise the film like a lot uh, in that um, we have been asked to screen in Normandy at the World War II Normandy Film Festival on June 5th. And they asked us to do a French version because a large part of the audience is French. So what we decided to do, um, there's because there's some people that are American, we decided to do a dual language version. So in this version of the film, all of the English will be subtitled in French and all of the French will be subtitled in English. So the entire film will be subtitled, um, except in the very beginning, we have a slide and it's a disclaimer that basically says, even though all of the people in our film are talking about Americans, we recognize that Americans were not the only ones who liberated Normandy or Europe. And we wanted to explain that we understood that the freedom of Normandy, the freedom of Europe was due to all the allies, not just the Americans. But our story focuses on the Americans because the people that we interview were in the American sector. So that's where the 81st, um, 82nd Airborne and the 101st Airborne kind of landed. Uh, and then you had the 4th Infantry Division and you know so on and so on, the 90th. And so it's mostly Americans that were in their area. Um, and so we have already text there for people to read. And so we didn't want to put two, you know, slides, one in English and one in French. So my editor, Bill Ebel, came up with a great idea, which was to have Thomas do it in French. So as people are reading it in English, your voiceover will be reading it in French. And so what did you feel like being a voiceover talent? Because now the tables are turned. Yeah, absolutely. So it was not very easy <laughs> yes. because you have, it's not just read a text. You have to respect the time. You have to, to read it with a good voice, with a clearly. And uh, so everything has to be, you know, real in your head. So I don't know if it makes sense, but 
makes sense for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. It is not easy. It's never easy. Not yeah. even if you've done the job, is it easy? So, but it was a good experience, and uh, you became my director. That time, so. <laughs> yeah, I was the director then, so that was yeah. good. So you watched that whole process, Flavi. What was your impression about you know what that was like? Well, it was funny to see how your new uh, booth was working because uh, we were there in 2020, and your booth was all different. And we had the experience to, to test it as well. So yeah, it was funny to see uh, um, Thomas working. And uh, I mean, he was very um, in his mind and moving his ideas, uh, <laughs> like concentrated. And so that was funny. To see. Yeah, it's really interesting. Before my booth was like a genie tent in a tiny little office. And now my booth is a real uh, fleshed out professional voiceover booth with a window in there where you could see and you can uh, have, there's a TV monitor in there. So we have, you know, it's great state-of-the-art booth. Um, and it's true, when you do voiceover, you have to imagine um, the, you have to put yourself in the environment. Um, you also have to move your body because voiceover, if you're just standing still in like a robot, it comes out in your voice. If you're moving your body, we talk with our hands, just like I'm talking now, your voice is more interesting to listen to and you feel the emotion there. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting. Mm -hmm. You, you recorded some of him doing this, didn't you? Did it make it onto Instagram or Facebook yet? Uh, no, not yet. Ah, you should not put it up there surprise. and then, yeah, they could see it. So yeah, so that's what we did last week was we sort of um, revised that. And then I've been working with Bill Ebel and Michelle Coupe as we're going through all the subtitles to make sure that they work um, and that they are, you know, meaning what they're supposed to be meaning. So, um, so yeah, we've been hard at work trying to get that done because I have to get a master made and made into a DCP file and sent to France so they can test it out and make sure it works before D-Day. So we've been busy doing that. And then as soon as that was done, we left on a road trip, a good old fashioned American road trip. Um, and while we're on this road trip, we are talking about our next project that we're doing. So we're working on a documentary series, you know, about the Battle of Carentan. And, um, you know, it, it tells the whole story. And now we've been working on this about six months. So we're talking about this series and we're working on it as we go. Um, and we have a few meetings coming up that we're not going to talk about, but they're exciting. And we do hope that something comes from those, you know, in light of this little series. So on this trip, though, we have done some incredible things. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, Flavi, about what you've seen and yeah. what your experience is like? Yeah. So the two meetings to start where uh, will be, I mean, in New Orleans at the World Two Museum, and there is another one that will be uh, the show of show in Kentucky. So we had the those two places where we had to go, and so then we um, we organized the road trip uh, around those two meetings, and so we started to go directly in Memphis um, to visit Graceland, to visit the museum uh, of Elvis Presley as well. And uh, the day after, I, I'm, I'm. Oh, it's all. I'm, I'm already forgetting. No, it's all one day. We did Graceland. Yeah. And then we did. The the Bill Bill Street. Bill Street. So, so we went to Memphis downtown yeah. to see a uh, Bill Street. Yeah. Uh, so it was totally incredible. So that we we've been uh, just one time to to Tennessee, uh, but we never stopped to Memphis. So it was yeah. for us the first time, first time in Graceland, and so we discovered so many things. We spent maybe four hours. Yeah, four hours. Four hours in Graceland yeah. Museum. So it was 
totally interesting. We had the VIP tour. It was so incredible. Uh, it's very good museum, in fact. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was a good museum, too. And I did find the... Um, the army story of Elvis quite interesting because mm. he was after World War II, but there were sustainment situations happening in Germany. So he was part of those sustainment operations around 1956, something like that. 56 no. to 58. Yeah, 56 yeah. to 58. Or 60, is it? Uh, no, 56. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, he was there in the army and then um, he was stationed in Germany. So I found that fascinating. And I feel like his career was pre-army time and post-army time. Uh, yeah. It was like two separate careers, really. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so we learned a lot of history, which of course yeah. we all really yeah, like. It was very interesting yeah. to see its place and uh, yeah, why I used to to uh, meet, I mean, to see back his uh, daughter, Lisa Marie, and his wife uh, after his concert. So yeah, that was very yeah. interesting. And also a place very interesting was the place where all the, the suit, the sweet suits, suit uh, of Elvis, but also of all the singer and people Influenced everywhere. by yeah, Elvis. influenced by Elvis. So this was very, very interesting. Uh, yeah, very interesting to see and as well the, the house, his yeah. house. Was Crazy. And I discovered that they like blues music. So and barbecue. We then went to the Germantown Commissary. So that whole Memphis experience was amazing. And then we went to Oxford, Mississippi. Yep. Yep. They're all <laughs> Flavie's wearing her University of Mississippi shirt. Tomas wearing his University of Mississippi sweatshirt. I've indoctrinated them. It's awesome. My family loved it. Um, and we did tour around the square in Oxford, which is just this beautiful historic uh, Southern square. Uh, and then from there, we ate Mexican food and we saw a baseball game. Absolutely. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you never really had a lot of Mexican over in France. No, no, no we don't have like a lot it a Mexican lot, so Yeah, we enjoyed it. And then after that, we came to Jackson, Mississippi, which is where we are today, mm -hmm. a very different culture. We're spending time with my dad and uh, James Mason, he has uh, been on the podcast before, and he uh, we're staying with him. has got great hospitality here. Uh, and then I'll let you take over. Where are we going next? So tomorrow, we are, I mean, tonight we are going to Laurel, uh, stay uh, one or two days, and then we're going to New Orleans for three days and visit a plantation. Yes. Then we're going to the World War II Museum because we, the three of us have a meeting there and uh, we have to visit the museum as well. Uh, we've never been to this museum, Thomas and I, you've already been. I've been, yes. It's a big one, so we'll have plenty of things to see. Uh, we're going to hang out in the evening in the, in the city center. I mean, the French district. Yeah, it's called Lauren. Jackson Square. We're yeah. going to go to Cafe du Monde. We're going to mm -hmm. see Jackson Square and all the artists. And we're going to go antique shopping. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they love antique shopping in the U.S. Uh, you forgot one important thing. In Laurel, we're going to learn more about John Lau. Yes. Now, John Lau is, you know, our we're doing research for The Brave Dutch. That's another series that we're working on. And Tama is going to be playing John Lau. So it's going to be good for you to learn where he lived and what he did. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, a few few months ago, I went with Christian uh, in Netherlands uh, during a month uh, to discover what would happen for John Law during the war. Uh, we've seen so many incredible things uh, in Apollon, especially. Uh, it was totally incredible. And now uh, the moment has come to, to discover his 
civilian life. Yeah, his American life. His American life, yes. Yeah. So it will be, um, yeah, very nice to to see. So we already met uh, John Lowe. Uh, grandson that's right grandson. we left that out we must met reese lau in oxford that's he lives there i mean i know it sounds like we're having a big fun trip but there is work intertwined and <laughs> and one of those was meeting reese lau jr because reese wrote the um original script for the brave dutch podcast and he is the grandson of john lau so uh he gave us a, some family history and talked about things yep. so that was great now yep. you've met Reese Lau Jr., the grandson of John Lau, and you've met Lucy Lau, his daughter. So Absolutely. yeah, that's great. So that's what's happening in Laurel. And then after New Orleans, we're going to go to, what did you want to see in Alabama? Uh, the USS Alabama, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, in Mobile, Alabama. So I don't know, I, I don't absolutely know what, what I mean, what is exactly? It's the, a big, it's big ship. Big ship, but <laughs> I mean, I think it will be very interesting. Yeah. So I've sure. been to a submarine in Cherbourg for sure because we have a submarine museum in Cherbourg, uh, Normandy. But now it will be an American battleship. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we're gonna do that. Mm -hmm. Then we're gonna visit Orange Beach and actually go over to Perdido Key so you guys can get Florida in. They're up to a bunch of states. I think maybe mm -hmm. by the time we're done, it'll be 27, 28, something like that. I think at 28 the end of 28 for Flavian, 25 for Yes. Okay. <laughs> you got some catching up to do tomorrow. There is a competition. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to do that in Florida. Then we're going to go up to Nashville and we're going to see Savannah Woods and um, Lindy Hart, who was our set medic. And uh, Savannah was with us in Normandy as well. And Mindy Cook, who is working on our team currently along with Savannah. So uh, that's going to be a little bit more uh, work stuff in Nashville, but also a lot of fun. Then we go to the show shows, which is a big, huge military con convention in Louisville, Kentucky. We're going to see Flo Plana, Myra Miller, Joey uh, Van Mason, uh, and I don't know who else, but a lot of our team will come together there, see each other, find World War II stuff, talk about our other plans and yeah. stuff like that. So it's going to be great. enjoy the last days because it will be the end for us. It will be the end. You're flying back the next day to yep. France. <laughs> yep. All right, so uh, this brings us to our new segment, Deja Vu, DocuView. DocuView, Deja. Okay, everybody, so this is our new segment. Um, it's where we talk about things that we recommend, like documentaries that we recommend. And we talked about this in advance. You don't really have an American documentary you can recommend, but you have something that's very, very close. So why don't you talk a little bit about uh, about that? Yeah, so we're going to talk to you about a French series, which is called in French Un Village Français, uh, but it's called in English uh, A French Village. And we want to talk to you about it because it's our favorite series and you can watch, in, uh, watch it on uh, Amazon Prime. So um, Thomas is going to explain you more about... And the first season is free, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you have to pay for the subsequent After, one? After, yeah. Oh, but it's man. the same in French. You have to pay as well in French. So, okay. So. At least turnabout is fair play. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a French day. Yeah, the, the first season arrived on 2009, 2009. 2009. And uh, so everything is in France during World War II and especially during the occupation. So the series began, uh, I mean, in 19, June 1940, uh, when the German arrived in France and the beginning of the occupation. And um, so, and 
the last season is the end of the war and then and also after because we can see all the people that leave during the war we during the them. we, we follow, follow each them. character and uh, season after season we meet other one another one and that I, I won't tell you the end but uh, yeah we follow each character and that's very interesting to, to see how people used to live under the occupation and you know sometimes people think oh i would have been a resistant blah 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 but no you don't know and thanks to this theory you can see that they had other circumstances around their life that made them be like this or like this so that's very interesting yeah. it's not a documentary in fact it's a series but it's kind of almost a documentary, it's almost a documentary. you guys say that it's very realistic Absolutely. that yeah. it's uh, a great realistic politics uh religion uh war battles so clothing the sets clothing or everything is totally real i mean all the people there that did that all the historical um uh, researcher did a very great job yeah yeah and i will say um i started watching it with them last night they wanted to share this with me because i've been sharing a lot of american uh media film with them and they told me that i would really be able to learn french if i watched it in french with english subtitles so that's one advantage uh you could do the same if you're listening to this and you want to learn french uh, and they told me that it would give me a good understanding a better understanding of what life was like um in you know for french people before the war and i do have to say it's true it was good watching with them because i could ask them questions on the spot that was really nice there are some cultural things i would have missed um if they weren't there but um the thing that did strike me flavi was um after the germans came into this little town there was a you know a rich merchant there that owned a lumber factory and the germans came in and asked him would you do business with us Absolutely. you know can we buy lumber for you and before this the guy was having a lot of trouble paying his employees and he um was going to have to shut down because he didn't have enough money because of the occupation situation and he also wasn't able to travel anywhere and it was causing him a lot of problems so the decision that he had to make was, do I work with the Germans and help them and then be able to receive money, pay for my family, pay for my employees, um, also be able to travel and see other people, or do I not work with them at all, possibly be shot, have my business taken over, not be able to care for the people that are working for me. And you can sit back as an armchair quarterback, that's what we call it here in the US, um, and say, well, if the Germans had come in, I would have done this or mm. this or this. But it's a totally different situation when you're in the moment with Absolutely. all of the circumstances surrounding you. And you have to think what people will think about you if you work for German. But at that moment, he was just thinking about his employers. Uh, they need employees. Employers need money and uh, you know, to survive during the occupation. So he decided to work with the German. But you have to think that during the war, all the people that worked with the German during the series, I mean, in the series or in that series or for, I mean, in real. Uh, so there will be a good help for some people during the war. So 
not i mean the underground so yeah it's such a complicated situation yeah. it's not as black and white as you would always think so so yeah i mean we've spent enough time now talking about a french village that i'm not going to give you something new this week we will put a link there it is on amazon prime uh it's a great recommendation uh and next week um we are still going to be traveling so uh, we'll try to talk about maybe what our meetings were like or what's we discovered since then. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Documentary First. Thank you for supporting us. If you haven't joined us on Patreon, we'd really appreciate your support there. And then you will get to see what it's like to go on a tour with Thomas. Um, if you are interested in traveling to France during this upcoming D-Day um, ceremonies, you'll, you'll find more information uh, if you're a Patreon supporter. So uh, consider joining us. We'd love to have you. Um, all right. So that's it for us today. So thank you very much for listening to Documentary First, where everybody has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you for listening, donating, and following along on our journey. We are supported by generous donations from people just like you. To make a donation, visit thegirlwhowarefreedom.com or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash documentaryfirst. To learn more about our other works in progress, visit documentaryfirst.com or follow Documentary First on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. This podcast was produced by Documentary First, edited and mixed by Jason Hoban, with music by Jeff Kurtenacker.